For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Welcome into the Believe in the Cowboys podcast. I'm Paul Catalina alongside former Cowboys cornerback Orlando Skandrick. We're brought to you by betonline.ag. The NFL season's in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag. Online at AG and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. This week, the Cowboys take on the Washington football team, which is going to be hard for me to say throughout this podcast. I will slip and say Redskins several times. My apologies in advance. Orlando, it is weird to say that, so I'm sure we're probably both going to say it. Just going to get it out of the way and say, I'll try to say football team as much as I can, but you can, you know, the whole life, the my whole life have been one thing, and so it's hard to say it. The Cowboys have a unique challenge this week in that the Redskins are not a good team. Nobody in the NFC East is a good team, but with the Cowboys' offensive line and the Redskins' defensive line, this is a bad matchup for them on offense, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, I was looking at that, and I was reading some things this morning. I was saying that McCarthy was saying he, he doubts that uh, Zach Martin plays and looked to see Connor McGovernor. Yeah, and, and so Connor McGovern, and, and this is here what I think about Connor McGovern. He was brought in; he's a Penn State offensive lineman, and you know they 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 turn him out kind of like Wisconsin does or Alabama or the just good offensive line factory. But he has been hurt most of his career there so far. Here he is in his, in you know into his second year, and Connor Williams has not played well, and Connor McGovern hasn't been able to unseat him. So that's that's kind of what I think about, you know, what you maybe need to know about Connor McGovern is that if he was better than anybody that's on the offensive line, he would be playing more than he was. Yeah, um, I don't know much about Connor McGovern. When did they draft him? Uh, last year. So he's this is his second year. And he was a mid round pick, second round pick, third round pick, third round pick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. The Cowboys haven't had great success with mid mid round pick offensive linemen. I don't know if you guys remember uh, the struggles of 
Chad, it was Chaz Green. Yeah, Chaz Green. Yeah, that was a him third round pick. Um, the last mid round pick that I can remember being productive, and this is pick, not free agent, is Doug Free. Yeah, Doug Free. Doug Free was a mid round pick and really solid for a good long time for them. But mostly, and, and look, uh, you know, Tyron Smith is a first round pick. Travis Frederick was a first round pick. Uh, Zach Martin was a first round pick. Lyle Collins should have been a first-round pick. I mean, that would have been a first-round pick if not for one of the most bizarre situations in the history of the NFL draft. And Connor Williams is a second-round pick. That's that's how they set it up. Now, Joe Looney's, you know, was not that, but uh, their but offensive Joe, line was, yeah. Joe also wasn't drafted there. No. Joe came over there in free agency to be a backup guy, not to be a starter. So when it comes to the offensive linemen, it's, um, you know, normally offensive linemen, that turn out to be pretty good are really high round picks and it's and guys are backups for a reason and you know the draft is what the draft is but o-line is one of those things even if you are a mid-round pick it takes you some time if you're not a top pick it's it's really really abnormal to see a guy plug and play that's a later round pick or undrafted free agent yeah so uh the the base defensive line that they're going to see most of the time is chase young jonathan allen deron Payne, montez sweat Ryan Kerrigan. I mean, those five guys uh, are are all really good and all kind of like we just mentioned the Cowboys in the offensive line. This is what the Redskins have been spending most of their, I'm sorry, the Washington football team have been spending their draft capital on is high pick defensive linemen. Yeah, I think I think the last uh, regime felt like they, when they were getting they had Alex Smith, um, they had some more guys on offense, and they felt like they, they just needed a defense. They needed to win in the trenches. And when you look at them, they actually have a decent offensive line when they're, when they're healthy. But right now, they're, they're hurting. But I did see that they were looking to get back Brandon Sharif this week. But let's, let's go back and keep the main thing the main thing. Their defensive line is strong. They went and got two big defensive tackles from Alabama, both top picks. They went and got maybe – the best pass rusher that's come out in the draft in the last 10 years. And then they have a guy in Kerrigan who's a future Hall of Famer. He's just Mr. Consistent. And then they have Montez Sweat, a guy with huge upside, with huge ability. And I see this to cause some problems for that Dallas Cowboy. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see I don't see how uh, they don't have to maybe change some things up about how quick they they move the offense. Not a lot of, you know, long. Yeah and create some advantages. Maybe they can pop off some big runs, but I see them having a tough, tough time in a low scoring game this weekend. And their, their defense is just not, it's, it's not like consistent. It's not, it's just, it's not schematically. I don't feel comfortable just having to stuff a team's run. I don't, I don't feel comfortable at all with it. Oh no. And look, the, the Kyle Allen starting at quarterback this week for Washington, they're not going to try to throw it all. This is not the the Cardinals' offense, and they didn't even you know really play all that great. This is not the Seahawks, but they're going to run Antonio Gibson right at the Cowboys most of the game. Kyle Allen's capable, though. Mm-hmm. Um, the last few games that he was inserted as a starter after Cam Newton was injured, he was capable. He, he you know, he's he's it's kind of like he reminds me of a Case Keenum type. Mm-hmm. He's capable. I mean, if you if you line up and you tell any quarterback it's cover three or it's cover one, they know where to go with the ball. Terry McLaurin is capable. Mm-hmm. You, you you don't want these guys to pop out of their rut or pop out of their slump 
against this Dallas defense. But if they can pop out against anybody, it's this Dallas defense. And now, for me, you look at Washington, and Washington's looking at it and saying, okay, well, the Giants went up to Philadelphia and lost. Well, we already beat Philadelphia. Dallas has beat the Giants. Well, if we can get a win, we're here, we're here sitting all tied for first place. Mm-hmm. So the Washington football team is looking at it as – we need this. This is a home game. This is a rival. This is we're facing a wounded team. You know, this can give us a chance to be in the swing of things. And you know, everybody's counting us out. And maybe we can fly under the radar. And maybe we can be that seven and nine, that eight and eight team that wins the East. Yeah, you mentioned the rivalry. I wanted to ask you about that specifically in, in, in this episode, just because uh, if you talk to players from the, especially from the guys from the '70s on either team, they hated each other. And I know that the '90s guys still still had that rivalry. I know it's a little different in today's NFL, but you played for the Cowboys for a long time. Is that rivalry still there with the Cowboys and now the Washington Football Team? I mean. When I was when it was when I was in Dallas, um, I mean, yeah, it was all of our NFC East games were were tough. You know, you you disliked all those teams for a reason. The, the short time that I spent in Washington, I think they cared way more about the Dallas Cowboys than the Dallas Cowboys cared about them. Because when I was in Dallas, it was just a, you know, whoever we were playing in our division, we had a reason why you know we didn't like them and why it was a rivalry and how how we felt how we felt. But at the end of the day, it was always about us. So from a rivalry standpoint, it, I think it has more of a college feel of the Dallas Cowboy rivalry to from the Washington standpoint and from the Dallas standpoint. It's just, you know, you got several rivals in the NFL. Yeah, it's part of that because in the, at least in the NFC East, you know, while everybody's been their own brand of successful, the Cowboys are, you know, they're the ones who get the most attention all the time. They're, I mean, America's team. So for if you're a Cowboy, everybody, everybody's getting geeked up to play you. I mean, it, you know, everybody kind of considers playing the Cowboys a little differently because it's there's so much attention on it. So if you decided to, like, focus in on one, you, you know, you got another one coming around the corner. Yeah, I mean, that that's, that's as in anything, though. But I just think the culture may be different. You know, Ron Rivera is a great coach. I, you know, they had some – they struggled with some culture issues in, in Washington. And, you know, they seem to be playing hard this year. They seem to be playing hard defensively they seem to be trying to figure it out offensively and I think you know this week is a a battle of two teams kind of trying to find the way and you know one team is gonna get some momentum and you know maybe get a kickstart and the other team is gonna have some soul searching to do yeah and and the Cowboys losing this game especially if they don't at least get the you know the wheels turning on offense again a little bit you know that that that's really going to make you have to think about what do you do going forward. I mean, what? How do you how do you make it better? Because we've talked about it already, Orlando. I don't see the defense all of a sudden waking up and just going, "Okay, this is what we need to do." I mean, because we've talked about it for weeks, they don't look like they're playing the scheme that fits the guys they have on the roster. It's not going back, yeah. are they? I, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what their scheme is because there are a lot of there are a lot of. Um, even front, which is four man front and passing situations, but then you you just you look at them schematically, and it's like got one defensive end standing up, one guy in a wide nine. The tackles are are wide. They're in the in the jet front, which is basically a rush front. So how do you defend? How do you defend the the run? Like you know the second down run, the inside run, the inside zone run, and then you play. They play so many. They play like a plethora of DB, DBs, a plethora of different like. 
um, groups together. So sometimes you'll see Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis, Diggs, then others you'll see Worley, Brown, Diggs, Lewis, and you see a bunch of different safeties. You'll see 37, Wilson at times. The only steady back there is Woods, but then you'll see the other kid come in on third downs, which is Parker. It's just like, how can anyone get in the groove? Defensive back is one of those positions where it's all about consistency. You, you rather have 60 good plays than 57 great great plays and three bad plays because at defensive back that's all anyone's going to remember is those three bad plays yeah well well defensive back too like it's not it's not as if you need to like cycle guys out to keep them fresh you know like that i don't i don't understand why they're doing that you want you know if i want my guy out i want him you know get some water and get back in i don't i don't i don't like i've watched them too i don't know what they're i don't know what they're doing like i never I just don't think they have an identity. And this looks like a, to me, it looks like a preseason competition spring ball type of deal. Like, all right, you go this series, you go that series. And it's just like, I mean, if these guys aren't good enough to play, don't, why are you putting them out there at all? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, um, I, the, the defense isn't going to change. Like I, I have no hope for the defense to change. I mean, Mike Nolan's still the guy that's running it. He's going to do what he wants to do. You know, Mike McCarthy is Mike McCarthy going to go over there and start calling defensive plays? No, no. So let, look at it. Look at it this way, Paul. Have you ever seen in all your years, how many years have you covered football? I've 15. Yeah. NFL, yeah. I was in the NFL 12 years. This is going to be my first year covering football. So 13 years. Have you ever seen a guy get moved up off practice squad, i.e. Parker, and get significant playing time, then go back down to the practice squad and then get moved up again and get significant playing time without an injury on the defensive side? No, no, never. <laughs> never. So my thing is if Parker made the, t- the roster out of camp and was better than Thompson and was better than Ha Ha, why did he go to practice squad if he was better than him? If he didn't make why why why, did, why was he ever on practice squad? Yeah. See, again, none of it none of it makes any sense. You know, you're right. Yeah, the 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 philosophy. Whew. Yeah, it's 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 all bad. And then there's there's nothing the defense has not made you know, more than a handful of, of good plays all year. Now, I guess a little bit of good news for the defense is that Randy Gregory is is back and available. I don't know how much he'll play. I don't know how ready he is to play. Uh, you you played with Randy. Uh, you know, he's gone through a lot of, of, of issues and different things and uh, trying to get back. And now he is. Hopefully that he can he can stay on that and, and, and stay focused. But he does seem to be the kind of pass rusher that fits what they're trying to do. But it would it would say a lot so what, for th- what 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 are they trying to do? I mean, at least with the three four, you know, with Alden Smith is the only one who's worked out at all, so he's he's more in the Alden Smith mode because he's taller. Randy's Randy's been a four three. He's a four three yeah. defensive lineman at Nebraska, yeah. and when he was there under Marinelli, he played in the four three, yeah. and he was he was there so off and on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, then, and like I don't know, like is he? I mean, how does he? Help? I mean, you hope he helps. If you're looking for them to take Demarcus Lawrence off the field, it's not going to happen. I, no, I'm not. <laughs> Believe me, I'm not. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how they fix this. Yeah. I hope they know. Yeah. So, again, you know, if everybody thinks Randy – and, again, you know, hoping to catch lightning in a bottle with Randy Gregory right now, uh, probably not going to happen. You know, you, you, know, you can't keep – re- If you can't stop the run and if you can't make – if you can't stop the run – Teams are going to just stay have their whole playbook at their 
defeat. I mean, I, I just me personally, I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm a Cowboy at heart, but I don't see them going up to Landover, Maryland, and being able to get this game this weekend. Yeah, I, 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 I don't either. I just don't. I don't see the. I, I don't see. I don't see them. And again, this division is going to be ugly when it comes down to the end of the season. Who knows who's going to win it? But without Dak, without the defense being consistent, without most of their offensive line, which even when Zach Martin comes back, still most of the offensive line is is gone. You know, hopefully that they get Joe Looney back here soon, uh, and and maybe they get Cameron Irving back because uh, Brandon Knight. Uh, he's that's the other thing. Brandon Knight's out this week. So yeah, you're going. You're going with. Cam Irvin, a guy that I play with um, in Kansas City, who was kind of a, was a high, really high draft pick, drafted mm-hmm. by the Browns, played some tackle, played some guard, kind of a swing tackle. But now you're asking him to be your left tackle. And, you know, I, I hate to say this, but, you know, who's at, uh, the Washington football team's right defensive end. Yeah. A guy by the name of Chase Young. Yeah, a bad dude. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> yeah, it is. And uh, look, I, I love, look, I'll love Cam Irving till the day I die. He's on the 2013 Florida State National Championship team. Uh, you know, so he, he he's great to me. But again, I know he's, he is where he is for a reason. And he hasn't played, he also hasn't played all year. So to step in and have to have Chase Young first rattle out of the box, not going to be easy. Yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about Andy Dalton for a second. Now, he did not play well the other night. There was no stretch of that game where he played well. He didn't look good. He can be better than he was, but the ceiling is pretty low. How do you and, – and if you you can't block for him, it's not going to help his ceiling get any higher. If you're the Cowboys, how do you help Andy Dalton help himself? You just got to get him in a rhythm early. You know, let him see – some complete throws, let them see some clean pockets, you know, some good windows to throw into, you know, you, I would like to, to be balanced, you know, be able to use Pollard, Zeke, be able to balance and be able to shorten the game. Um, I remember, I think it was 2014, 2013, one of those years we didn't, it was the, the last year of DeMarco Murray. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it was 2013. We shortened games we ran the ball, we controlled the ball, we controlled the clock, and we were able to make defensive stops. But we didn't put too much pressure on our defense. We were rebuilding our defense at the time. It was our second year in a 4-3. So, then that's, and that's, I'm surprised they haven't done that yet. I mean, I guess you have Dak before, but I'm surprised that's not what, what they tried to do the other night, although I don't really know what they were planning on doing because there were so there were two fumbles so fast that it kind of changed everything they were doing. But they weren't moving it at all. Yeah. And, you know, they were fortunate on the first or second possession to have a dropped uh, INT, which would have been an interception. But the problem is they get down so fast in all of these games that they're forced to be one-dimensional. Do you- I mean, they can't, yeah, they can't run the, like Zeke's kind of rendered useless. Oh, I mean, especially when he's the one fumbling the ball and he's got to get out of his own head. So what, what, what does he do? Like, does he focus on kind of clearing it and getting rid of the yips this week? I mean, he just thinks about Zeke knows, he knows the points of pressure. He knows where the ball needs to be. You just want to protect that thing because the guys in that league and me being one before are masters of getting that ball out. That's all you want to do is get it out. And it's like, it doesn't take a whole lot of strength. You just got to hit it on the right place. Mm. 
you hit that thing on the right place and it's coming out. Yeah. And his, uh, you know, and, and has, are his fumbles a more of a function of, of him or are they the defenders just making good plays? His fumbles are more of a function of, of him, the last game of him. Yeah. You no, know, he's, he's running the ball. He, he, he has it loose. It gets behind his back. It pops out. Another time he's running it. He doesn't secure it. It pops out. It's not like these got this is this amazing downward peanut Tillman punch that he didn't see. Mm-hmm. He just he's not securing it. He's thinking about it too much. Yeah. No. He. Yeah. Well, then he just he just needs to. Is, is that is what you would you think that's his focus this whole week? Is that? Oh, no, not at no, okay. not at all. It's, okay. I'm sure there's things in the game that we've seen. I'm sure there's holes. I'm sure there's cutbacks that he missed. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's ways that he thought that he could have got extra yards and finished runs. But you just gotta when you get the ball in your hands, you gotta protect it. You're responsible for it. Like when the center gets it to the quarterback, the center's responsible to get it up. Once the quarterback takes a snap, whether it's a run or a pass, the run he's responsible for getting it in the running back's chest or stomach or pocket should I say if it's a pass he's responsible for taking care of it in the pocket and when he throws it, he was responsible to not throw it to the other team and that's the same thing with the runners that's the same thing with the receivers when you get it lock it away take responsibility I think all right so there we've been talking about their offense and that they're trying to establish a new offensive identity which is different than it was you know when they were in you know 11 personnel or whatever it was before and and now they're 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 different uh and three wide receivers so how do you do you change do you change back to what you were or do you do you just run what you run out of the new the new sets and then hope it works out i didn't i didn't see i didn't see a change of offensive philosophy last game yeah. seen a lot of CD C- Lamb a lot of Gallup I've seen a lot of Mark Cooper sprinkled in with a little Noah Brown so I don't know where this 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 philosophy on change and I, I read some things that says McCarthy says they're in a system change well what was the point of keeping Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore if it was a system change I thought you kept the offensive coordinator for the familiarity yeah yeah again and that goes back to you know um about there's all these they say some things and do another and that brings us to the final thing i want to talk about uh orlando is that this week jane slater nfl network mentions uh, reports not mentions reports that there are players that have uh are saying that the coaches are disorganized they don't know how to coach they don't teach they're not good at their jobs and this is several different players speaking now this stuff can get kind of out of control in the locker room sometimes but uh, and i trust the source and jane slater like there are guys that are unhappy now um you know, anonymous reports can can be one of, of of several things, but if this is already going on, what does that mean for uh, the tension in that locker room and how the Cowboys can address that from the coaching staff and get through it? I'm a big guy that believes where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, I'm sure there's guys that are frustrated. I'm sure, I'm sure guys feel like they're playing out of position. I'm sure guys feel like they're struggling to adjust. The, the coaches don't have enough answers, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of there's a lot of football left. There's ten games left. They're gonna have to try and figure out a way to coexist, figure out a way to keep it in house, to not let this thing get out of hand. But it's just unfortunate that these coaches are so new and these players feel this way after six football games. I I cannot remember at all this happening under Jason Garrett. I like I remember hearing like you know, but, but see when players were upset under Jason Garrett, I mean mostly like I can think of Des Bryant, Des just told you exactly what he was thinking out loud in public. 
You know, it wasn't it wasn't a secret, and it was it was kind of dealt with. Like I, I cannot remember this all happening under Jason Garrett. No, no, I mean I don't remember. Do we have some coaches on the coaching staff that couldn't coach? Absolutely. I had a I had a defensive backs coach that I felt like couldn't couldn't coach, but did I feel he was unprepared or unorganized? Uh, no. But I feel like he wasn't the greatest at his job. Yeah, but would I ever come out and say it publicly? No. But would I say it to Jason Garrett, to Will McClay, to Jerry or Stephen Jones if, if asked? Yes. But would I ever come out and do it anonymously? Never. So I think, you know, the anonymous things, you got to keep those things kind of to a wrap. And if you feel that way about a coach, there's an open door policy with a lot of people around there. You can walk into Mr. Jones' office. You can walk into Stephen's office. I don't know McCarthy. And I don't know Mike Nolan, but I'm sure you can go to them and tell them if you're because this came from a veteran player. This came from somebody who was a leader. This is not from a guy who's a bottom roster guy. So no. it's no point of going out and tell, saying it to Jane. If you if you're if you're a guy, and you know, you feel that way, like speak up and you guys work together to try to see how you can be successful, because at the end of the day, everyone in the locker room has the same goal. Yeah, look, Jane. Uh, yeah, Jane wouldn't report it if it was some guy down the bottom of the roster, not worth her time. You know, like you know, we'd be like, okay, yeah, well, you don't play anyway. You know, like okay, yeah, they can't coach. Yeah. Shut up. You know, yeah. like fine. But if it's somebody who's a significant player who's been there a while, you know, and, and look, I don't think it was a coincidence that they had Sean Lee, who's injured, do a press conference this week to kind of say like, look, here's what's going on. You know, but. You know that, that that happened so that that the Cowboys could maybe get a handle on this thing by putting one of their veteran leaders out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I don't. I, this is this is is this is the twenty twenty NFL though, where you're able to tweet, talk anonymously, go on and post an Instagram story, and just allow people to feast on it. Yeah, I. I look and I, I not that I have a prodigious social media following, but my social media is pretty much just for work. Like that's what I use it for because I don't think it's productive to get into like personal discussions on it. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not famous. So, uh, as that fame goes up, I just, I think my philosophy works in that. Look, just if see people say nice things about you, say, thank you. If they say mean things about you, ignore them because they're just a dude or somebody that doesn't know what they're talking about. And then like all that would be better if the Cowboys could shut the, there's enough noise in their own locker room that they don't need to let it in from the outside either. Absolutely. Um, it's going to be tough because as the season continues and as the ups and downs continue, it's, it's going to be tough. It's only going to get worse. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. I don't see, you know, we've talked about it for weeks now. I don't see it like a, a massive awakening of this team to be like, oh, no, we, we really are good. Let's go be good. You know, like there's there's yeah. a lot more problems than just that. Absolutely. And you would like to think that, you know, maybe. Maybe they could have some success. Maybe they could turn a co- a, a corner. Well, I just don't see it. Me personally, the schedule, like the schedule of the teams, like outside, they have the 49ers By the time they play them at the end of the year, I think will probably be a little bit better than they are right now. But a lot of injuries over there. The, the Steelers and the Ravens; those are the three good teams that they, excuse me that they play left. They have the Vikings, the Bengals, and the division. So there's wins there if you can, you know, have some semblance of a, a consistent game plan, but we haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Um, I think you take this thing one week at a time. I think we've been looking and seeing who's going to be what at the end of the season. We yeah. have no idea. 
Well, yeah, no I don't, idea. Yeah, the Bengals could be playing for different things at the end of the year. Yeah, the Bengals could all of a sudden be good. Joe Burrow could hit a rhythm, and you know, yeah, I just, I just, you don't know. You try and get one game at a time because you don't know like what your situation can be. You don't know what can happen. I mean, we were, we weren't looking here and expecting Dak Prescott to get hurt, but the realism of the situation is, Dak gets hurt, they still win that game. Mm-hmm. I don't think they win the game against the Cardinals if Dak's healthy. I think they just it's just a shootout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, have gla- they have glaring needs on defense, and at the end of the day, even if Dak's still healthy, that that um, offensive line is struggling. And even against Arizona, they it was a fluke. It was a fluke. It was a fortune that Chandler Jones tears his ACL or tears his pec the week before, and he misses the rest of the year. But is that game different if it's Chandler Jones against Dalton? Definitely. Is that game different if it's Chandler Jones against? Dak Prescott definitely so you don't know what injuries are going to happen and like I said we talked about injuries at the beginning of the year with having the shortened offseason the odd kind of camp the no preseason these injuries they're not going anywhere they're, they're piling up week after week after week yeah no you just hope that uh, whatever you get through each week is not that bad that's where you are at yeah. And then Paul, we haven't we haven't even addressed the elephant in the room which is the X factor which is COVID-19 you're over here looking at the Las Vegas Raiders are probably going to play a game without their starting offensive line, and that's that's unheard of. Yeah, well, so are the Cowboys. So, the, the well, same, yeah, the Cowboys are going to play a game without them because they're hurt. Yeah. The Raiders, you're looking at a team here that can be rolling, and then one to two weeks, you can just lose a rash of starters to COVID. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's uh, I I hope that those guys can get back and play by Sunday, just for for Derek Carr's sake. But no, I think I think they're all out. Yeah, I mean, like there, I think, not, yeah, I don't know how they get cleared. Maybe I they think do. there's there's some guys who are just in contact tracing. So if they test positive, I think on Saturday they can play on Sunday or test negative on Saturday they can play on Sunday. But, but then you look at you look at the point of okay, you're out. You haven't been at the facility. Yeah. You haven't practiced all week. Here they are playing against one of the hottest teams in football, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they haven't practiced all week. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's it's not a good situation no matter how you slice it. That's why I say you take this thing one week at a time. You get the victories that you can. You handle things as they come. But, you know, the Cowboys have put themselves in a in a bad, a bad, bad spot. And it looks like they're about ready to turn on each other. Yeah. Not, another week, another week of not good news uh, from the star in Frisco. He's Orlando Scandrick, former Cowboys cornerback. I'm Paul Catalina. This is the Believe in the Cowboys podcast on the Believe Entertainment Network, the network for professional podcasters. Please like and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Retweet us, put us up on Instagram, whatever you do. We'll be back again on Monday with a recap of the Cowboys and the Washington football team. We only said the old name a couple times, and it was way back at the beginning. So as far as I'm concerned, it never happened. Have a great weekend, everybody. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.